1: Uh, it's going to be a collaborative effort coach mayo myself macro the whole staff um, at the end of the day somebody has to has to make that pick and, and that'll be myself well
2: well 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 i gotta be honest we talked about this a lot yesterday i was very skeptical about what Elliot wolf would say and how interesting he would be i said there's no chance mego he's gonna answer who has final say and he answered it i'm not sure i believe him but he answered it how's elliot wolf today at the combine pretty interesting stuff for elliot wolf today score one for mego going the way back machine to yesterday score one for mego
3: combine week is when i really shine a
2: lot more and i mean a lot more at elliot wolf than i expected to get here today So this is your week. You're crushing it today.
3: Thank you. Thank you. It's true. It's true. He said, put it all on me. I have the final say in the number three pick.
2: That's what he said. Again, I'm not sure I believe him.
3: Why would he? So, I mean, that's putting himself out there. Like if they really screw it up and they take Jaden Daniels or Drake May and that guy sucks, then it's all on him. He's the one who has the final say.
2: But yeah. it's collaborative. Yeah, I mean this is like yeah, this is like Jeff Benedict. His name like, oh, this it. is like Jeff Benedict sitting here and telling us that, you know, uh the crafts have no say in dynasty. It's no, the
3: same, no, no, it's no, the same no. thing. Don't you put that on Jeff Benedict? It's what he said.
2: And, oh, it's the same idea. And so if you know what your bosses want, and he made clear, by the way, and we'll get to it later on, he made clear they they share their opinion. They want to stay out of football, but they share their opinions. Wait a minute, I thought they stayed out of football. So I don't know that I totally believe him. That's but-
3: like how we deal with Mister Who's friendships. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I really like so and so. I'm not sure they're the best influence, okay. I, but I'm not saying anything. It's your friendship.
2: But look, I didn't even think he would do that. Like, I don't believe him, but at least he answered the question, and now we can parse out whether or not we believe him, and we can dig into to what we believe, what we don't believe, uh, what sort of clues he dropped, things like this. And I wasn't sure there would be much value to his media availability. Uh, so I am interested in that. Combine Week is where Mego shines. She had a scoop last year. I'm not sure anybody outside of this show gave her any credit for it. But she was the first one to tell you Bill Belichick would not be at the Combine a year ago. Mm-hmm. Do you have any info this year? Do you have any intel this year?
3: We will be hearing, or there will be an on-the-record availability with Rod Mayo.
2: Wow, Rod Mayo's
3: there. He will talk to the beat.
2: Okay. Less newsy than Bill won't even show up, but still. Uh, no one else has reported oh, hey, at that? At this
3: point last week, we thought that he Gerard wasn't Mayo gonna go. wasn't going to go. Yeah. Not only is he going, he's going to talk on the record to reporters. No. It's not going to be one of these cocktail affairs look. like off the record, We're not Doing this over rubbing breakfast. elbows. <laughs> no, he's going to talk on the record with reporters.
2: Uh, look, it's a scoop. It's uh, it's something nobody else has reported yet. Mego is hearing that Gerard Mayo will talk to the media. I would just say you know it's it's I, I Bill not showing up to me felt like a bomb. I was surprised nobody really uh latched onto that or latched onto that I should say last year. Uh so let's get into Elliot Wolf and what he had to say and how you feel about the Patriots and what I think is becoming a pretty crystal clear plan. 617-779-7937. That's how you jump in line. Our phone lines are open here. Uh that's how you get in touch with the program. Uh up now at Jones and Mego. It sounds like sounds like and I'm reading into what Elliot Wolf had to say we'll play you some of this coming up it sounds like the Patriots are leaning towards a quarterback at pick number three how do you feel about it and your options are I love it I hate it or it depends on the quarterback and I don't I really don't get the people who would hate it I guess those are the Tommy Curran's of the world who we'll talk to later on this week doesn't want to take a quarterback doesn't believe in taking a quarterback there, doesn't feel like the Patriots are ready for it, actually wants them to take Jimmy Garoppolo and make him their quarterback, which is something he really said last night on television. So, Arkan's another one of these. I I, I don't like these quarterbacks. I hate the idea. And so, I don't find that to be acceptable. If you're one of these people who says, it depends on the quarterback, I don't like them all, that's an acceptable answer for me. I will
3: say, I think that's more where Curran has gone to. I think he even he has moved turned a little bit towards a different direction
2: okay uh well we'll find out when we talk to him later on this week we didn't get an opportunity to talk to him last (laughs) week Uh, so we'll try to get an answer out of him but it depends on the quarterback that's acceptable to me i think you're kind of a party pooper and you're no fun but that's acceptable to me i love it this is how they should be talking it's how gerard mayo talked it was basically the season ticket holders uh letter that the craft sent out mego sniffed this out right away uh making the connection to drew Bledsoe. Talking up that pick, that's the whole point of the offseason. So to me, I love it. This is what they should be doing. They should be locked in on quarterbacks at pick three. I don't want to hear about trading back. I don't want to hear about Marvin Harrison Jr. I definitely don't want to hear about Joe Alt or whatever offensive lineman they could take. None of that makes sense to me. Figure out uh, who's going to be there. Uh, hopefully you like them. I like all these quarterbacks, which is why I love that they seem to be involved and now – Telegraphing that they're going to be going quarterback at number three. I love it, Mego. How'd you vote?
3: I love it too. Like, uh, we don't agree a lot on the big Q during this portion of the show, but I absolutely loved hearing this from Woofie. That's my guy now. Like, I've, first of all, a plus performance, as Greg Hill would say, Chef's Kiss performance from Woofie up there. Basically, just, I think, telling us that they are leaning very heavily towards the number 3 pick going to a quarterback like you I like the what we think are going to be the top 3 quarterbacks and I just I don't want them to operate out of fear at all like it, he the my favorite part of his whole availability was when he said you look around the league most of the starting quarterbacks are first rounders yes thank you because all I heard for basically the month after The season ended was all about how, oh, you can go get a quarterback anywhere. Oh, first-round bust. Oh, why are you going to do this? You're going to pass up Marvin Harrison Jr. You do it because the opportunity's there, and this is supposed to be a a once-in-a-decade draft, as we heard yesterday. Take the swing. Go get a quarterback. It'll change your franchise. You get a great receiver, you'll have a great receiver. You still need a quarterback if you're in that situation. And, like,
2: you know, again, uh, Curran, so what's your solution, Curran, if you're not taking a quarterback? Garoppolo is his personal solution. Like that blows. That's terrible.
3: Well, he's not available for the first two games.
2: Okay, but like, even if he were, uh, Garoppolo might play for a game and then fall apart because he's made of glass. So like, it's a horrible plan. That's your plan to pass on a quarterback? Your plan is Garoppolo or Arcand, who's not here again today. I
3: know he can't. Neither of these people can defend themselves right now, Jones.
2: Arcand, uh, we've argued about it plenty with Arcand. We'll argue about it with Curran later this week. Oh my, my plan is Bo Nix. Oh, that's your plan okay great that doesn't sound like a great plan so in the meantime i'm gonna try to get a franchise quarterback because that is the difference so i love hearing that from elliot wolf and i enjoyed listening to him i'll just say this real quick on wolf okay he was not matt Groh, ryan your po- ryan's point yesterday is like let's find out is this guy a disaster cadence is very important elliot wolf believe it or not and look he was talking about how he's going to the combine when he was in diapers, talking to Bill Parcells and everybody else. And he's still, you know, a little flavor for the football still dorks, lucky sperm, uh, you know, uh, this this nepotism that's rampant throughout the NFL. Like that's still what Elliot Wolf is at the end of the day. And so there were little pockets of that throughout his press conference. But in general, he sounds like an adult. He doesn't sound like a sniveling little brat like Matt Groh who has no idea what's going on. You know who else he doesn't sound like? What? Bill Belichick, who is, that was my biggest point of contention with Matt Groh is the verbiage, the cadence, the delivery, everything about Matt Groh is like, oh my God, he's
4: just a little Belichick Clone. He sounds like Steve. He sounds like Brian. He sounds like
2: he is Matt Belichick. So look, and I really appreciated that Elliot Wolf
4: actually kind of sounded like his own human
2: being. Okay, we don't know that. What does Ron Wolf sound like? Like if I, if I had to not Bill Belichick, if I had to wager, my guess is he sounds exactly like Ron Wolf. i have so a very low bar. Adam. He's still a little very prototype. Uh, you know, he's still a little prototype, a little uh, uh, you know uh, facsimile of his father. I'm sure, but whatever. I'll take it. It's different than Bill, and he doesn't sound like a child like Matt Gro. So I like that. Here's a little more Elliott Wolf. Here's the exchange. Mego just referenced it. Where do you find quarterbacks, and how does he feel about the development of a quarterback? How long should they sit? Here's that exchange.
1: Yeah, I think uh, when you look throughout the league, that's a good question. I think when you look throughout the league, most of the quarterbacks are first-rounders. Um, yes. I think there's exceptions to be had, like, you know, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and Tom Brady. Shh, um, shut up about them. But uh, I think just the, the league-wide understanding of how important that position is And how important it is to have somebody there that can help you, you know, win games and get over the hump has has changed league-wide.
2: Okay, so do we have the Green Bay portion of that as well or no? Uh, If not, it's not a big deal. But he went on to talk about the development and quarterbacks sitting for a year. And one thing I like that he said there is, well, yeah, that's work for Green Bay. He joked that they were lucky with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. So
3: humble, this guy.
2: Okay, but also he said, yeah, but that's not the same for every single quarterback, which I liked hearing. Because the quarterback here better play. I don't want the quarterback to sit. I don't want the quarterback to wait four years before he plays Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. I want to know what the quarterback is. I want to find out early. And he said there are benefits to knowing early. Throw them into the fire. Find out what they have. But I largely agree with him. You can you can find quarterbacks elsewhere. I've said this before. I'm guilty of this. You can find them. You can find your Russell Wilson. You can find your Dak Prescott. You can find your Kirk Cousins. You can find your Tom Brady. You can find Brock Purdy, who I think can really play. You know. Uh, I don't like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton made the, uh, the Pro Bowl. He made uh, the playoffs like the first four or five years of his career as a second-round pick. Uh, you can find guys like that. Kaepernick made a Super Bowl from the second round. So I'm not telling you you can't find them. I'm just telling you where are most of the bona fide, top-end-of-the-NFL, can't-miss prospects. You're just more likely to find them at the top of the draft. And I feel better about a first-time GM, Elliot Wolf taking his swing at three than taking a swing on Bo Nix, or Jimmy Garoppolo, or waiting for a few years. I feel better about him drafting where, yeah, if you miss, it's going to be embarrassing, but there's less margin for error up there. Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, you know, there's an easier chance of hitting, I should say, at pick number three than there is on finding your quarterback in round two round five, or free agency or something like that.
3: And I'd say people love to throw out the stats about all the first-round busts of quarterbacks, but let's not pretend like every first round is created the same, like every draft is created the same. The experts are telling you that this is a really good draft. Like, it's a good draft overall in the first round. It's hard to go wrong. Yeah, they could be wrong, by the way. Yeah, they, they can be wrong. It's not every year that you hear that it's a really good quarterback draft. Like, I do remember in Mac Jones's year when I talked to people who were very close to the situation, they said a lot of these quarterbacks that are in the first round, not really these first-round quarterbacks. I'll
2: be consistent. I don't know who you talk to, but I'll be consistent. I felt like that was a good quarterback class, and that turned out to be an awful one. I
3: think everyone felt solid about Trevor Lawrence. But
2: the year prior was awesome. The year prior when Burrow... Tua and Herbert, I forget the order, and Jalen Hurts in round two. So there's another second-round quarterback you can find. Like, that was four hits out of the first quarterbacks taken. First four quarterbacks taken. So maybe it's the year 2020, or maybe it's the 2021 class, and the whole league will be wrong. I don't pretend to know. I just know you're up there. There are three quarterbacks available. You're guaranteed to get one. Go get one. So I love, love, love what Elliott Wolf had to say today. And it's on the heels of Gerard Mayo. I thought basically telling Steve Burton we're taking a quarterback on the heels of the season ticket holders newsletter uh, or letter rather that the craft sent out referencing drew Bledsoe and the high pick. And now this they're taking a quarterback. How do you feel about it? Patriots fans 617-779-7937. We have open lines for you. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Or does it depend on the quarterback? And I want to hear how you would rank them. If it depends on the QB for you, I want to hear who do you want there? Who wouldn't you want there? I want to hear from fans now, not after the draft pick, in a couple of months. I will get to your feedback here. You can vote at Jones and Meg. We have a lot coming up on the program today. Triple play, Meg explaining, and Bet Roulette, as usual. We'll also talk to Rob Bradford, as we do each and every Tuesday at Ooh. 4.30. However, Ooh. we also have the Razor, Andrew Raycroft, joining us for a full hour oh, in studio. The razor, too. Yes, 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 I am. We're going to be talking Patriots uh, the importance of one player over team, which I find interesting talking to a goalie compared to a quarterback in the NFL. Plus, we'll get into some Bruins thoughts with him later on in the hour through the 3 o'clock hour as well. Razor joins us right after Trending with Ryan Gar. Tune in is the audio platform with something for
0: everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at 4. Donchich.
2: The step back 3.
1: You bet
0: See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Jones and Mecca with Arcan
4: on WEEI.
0: You and, the and
1: that you guys are using. Why are you doing that? What do you think Yeah, so uh, we changed the grading system. It's a little bit uh, more similar to what we did in Green Bay. Um, the, the previous Patriot system was more, this is what the role is, and this is more kind of value-based. So I think it, it makes it a lot easier for scouts to... Great guys, and and put them in a stack of like this guy's the best, this guy's the worst, and and everything in between falls into place rather than sort of more nuanced approaches. I I just think it makes it, it it accounts value better, and it also makes it easier for the scouts in the fall as well as in the spring to determine where guys will get drafted.
2: That was Elliot Wolf earlier today. Uh, We got to hear from him really for the first time since he's been. The Patriots director of scouting. Was that his official title today that he went with?
3: I believe so. That was one of the first questions.
2: Director of scouting. Hey,
3: what is it that you would say you do here?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a people person. (laughs) Director of scouting.
3: Oh, you do everything here? Oh, okay.
2: Well, or does he? I still want to debate that, but the uh, Patriots are changing their grading system. Uh, One of the updates from him today. Uh, We're joined now by Andrew Raycroft, the Razor, for a full hour here. What's going on,
4: Razor? not much catching up on sleep and um i'm happy to be here thanks for having me for yeah, a I, full hour
2: i can't imagine all of these bruins overtime shootout mostly losses i can't imagine those are those are great on the sleep schedule certainly not not
4: enjoyable those extra it, and the extra, it's just 15 minutes right and and the players are actually like dealing with but it's it can it can put you in a bad place those extra 15 minutes at at 1:30 in the morning watching on tv
2: i can only imagine so I want, to, uh, I want to get to your hockey team coming up because they are in a funk. Yep. I want to get to a, uh, a hot take that drove Canada nuts about a year ago that, that <laughs> seems to be picking up a little bit of steam with you. But I think you're an interesting person to talk to about you know, just the, the way a team is built. And I'm sure you've heard this before. Tim Thomas carried the Bruins to a cup or whatever. The, the, the importance of a goaltender versus the rest of a team. Mm-hmm. the importance of a quarterback versus the rest of the team. Like, we get into this constantly when we're talking about the Patriots. And I don't know, how, how when you're building a team, should you look at, I don't know, basing it around one player, a skill set like that where you need this goaltender to go on a deep run or you need a quarterback to go on a deep run or you need a starting pitcher to go on a deep run? Do you believe in reaching for that kind of player or do you believe in hey let's fill out our team the the best player available sort of approach because that's that's what we've been talking about with the patriots on and off for the last month it's really similar too in in and especially i think also
4: the the mentality of both the quarterback nfl quarterback and the nhl goaltender um 20 years ago you needed one guy and you ran one guy now you have the san francisco 49ers and brock purdy and you're saying okay which model's better against mahomes Right. Mahomes wins because he's the best quarterback. That that always kind of wins. But is that really sustainable to try and continue to build a team and hope that you get a Patrick Mahomes? And I think NHL goaltending is kind of similar and the way teams are made are pretty similar. If you end up with a guy... Like Andre Vasilevsky, uh, great. Now you, you use that. But if you're the Colorado Avalanche and your best players are Kale McCarr and Nate McKinnon, and then you you just kind of plug a goalie in, and or the Vegas Golden Knights and use three of them last season. So there there's a couple ways of thinking. Each team thinks a little bit different. I think the the analogy is perfect and spot on on how you build from scratch. Fortunately, the Bruins. And the situation there, and they're not the Pats. So they don't have to go looking for... They have their goalies already. They have that identity in there, whether it's... And it's both of them at this point. So you kind of build around that. Um, you you don't have to go out and look or make the decision we're going to build from the back out or the front back.
2: So you're you're a believer in taking a quarterback? Like,
4: up high? No, I, I wouldn't. I, from my far NFL, I wouldn't. Because I... And, and, This is the same thing. Why I'm I? And I know I've done this last season. I've done this the last couple years when people talk about the Bruin. I don't believe in draft picks. I'm always taking get get rid of all their picks. I'm always taking the guy who's done it in the league. I I just I grew up with a bunch of people that were really good hockey players that got drafted really high that never made it. I I just know, and I think that's different than foot. You know, let's stop the cross pollination of sports now. Let's just (laughs) stick with hockey because that's what I know. NHL drafting is not like all the others. It's not like drafting third overall in the NFL. And I think that sometimes bleeds in here in Boston because people get fixated and everyone loves the NFL draft because it's so big. NHL draft's not the same. You're not drafting 22-year-old kids who have played three years in in the NCAA. You're drafting 18-year-old kids that have just come out of junior or just left their parents' house. So it's such a different... Uh, way of evaluating players and picking players and and certainly not nearly as important. So um, so when I go to the NFL, it's a little bit different than the NHL, um, but but no I wouldn't I wouldn't pick a quarterback at three. I would try and build the team better and go get a guy who's played quarterback Okay, already.
3: well, Razor, thanks for coming in today. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I was going <laughs> to say. Talk about the quarterback that we're taking at three. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs>
2: he's he's one of these. If he was going to vote in our big question of the day, uh, and you can, at Jones and Mego, you can also dial us up, 617-779-7937. Uh, it sounds like the Patriots are taking a quarterback, Razor. I hate to break it to you. No, I heard. Yeah, I was listening. So uh, we love it. Uh, there's a lot of people out there saying it depends on the quarterback. That's actually leading uh, the poll right now, 46%. that's a
3: cop-out, by the way. Like, I understand if you have one guy, and this is how I hope that the Patriots are actually thinking. Yeah. Like, I want a quarterback. You and I both like these top three quarterbacks as they're listed right now. But I hope that the way that the Patriots are approaching it is out of these three, there's one that they are locked in on. And they say, this is the guy that we want. Well, yeah. And we're going to go and what get him. But if he's him. not
2: there? So then it depends on the quarterback. Like, I'm fine with that answer from listeners out Well, if he's not there, then there. you have
3: to go get him. Like, if you're going to take the quarterback, then you then have you gotta to go trade get him. Up. Just don't go number one for Caleb Williams. That's okay. all I'd say. Okay.
2: Uh, so we love it. Uh, that's 43%. Again, it's leading with 46%. Depends on the quarterback. Razor hates it. Uh, 11%. You can yell at him. <laughs> 617-779-7937. You want to take some calls here? Razor? Oh,
4: do I ever. Okay.
2: And, and look, part. you want to you pepper Razor with Bruins questions? Go ahead. Because yeah. the team is a mess right now, it seems. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a little strong. I understand. They're tied, I think, for the, uh, yeah. the most points in the NHL. Yeah. But it feels like they've come back to the pack, and they are they're they're losing every night in overtime.
4: They haven't won, and they haven't won a regulation game in in eight. So, and that hasn't happened since twenty ten. So, it, it it's a it's a relative mess. Yeah, and talk and radio it's,
2: speak, it's a mess. It's yeah. a yeah, it's a
4: dumpster fire for talk radio. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Um, and yes, absolutely, bring it on. Bring those questions. Kay. on. Uh, so if you got questions for him, we'll get to uh, Allmark as well coming up, and what the Bruins should do at the trade deadline. Let's start it off with Jonathan in Vermont. Go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs>
0: I think the Patriots should trade with the Giants at five. They'll get the fifth pick, Daniel Jones, plus extra, and they can take a left tackle. Without that left tackle, it doesn't matter who's back there quarterback. They're dead meat.
2: Okay, I, I, I just vehemently disagree with that. The Razor, those are your people. Uh, I believe the Giants <laughs> are drafting at six, by the way, so I think he has his numbers a little bit wrong. But you move back and you take a tackle. Uh, your quarterback won't be any good without the tackle. This is why I think, Mego, these mobile quarterbacks are so important. I I think you're less reliant on an offensive line. I mean, at at some point, you're going to need people to protect your quarterback. Even Mahomes found that out against Tampa in the Super Bowl a few years ago. So somewhere along the line, you're going to need it. But the more mobile your quarterback, and we just haven't seen a lot of that here. I guess we saw late career, end of career, career over Cam Newton. Uh, But we're not used to seeing that mobile quarterback. They can be a complete difference maker without an offensive line. That's part of the reason I like all three of these quarterbacks. I think they're all pretty mobile.
3: Look, as you sit right now, you don't have tackles on the roster, so you need to go and get tackles. But I'd also say, like, if we're talking about guys who are going to be ready in the draft to play this year, if you're looking at having two tackles on your roster week one of this year i think first of all one of them should be mike and Wenu at right tackle and i really think that as unsexy as it sounds you should use a big chunk of your free agency money to go out and get another one and then you can draft another tackle if you want as somebody who's developmental i just don't know that i trust as much that you're gonna have a rookie quarterback out there hopefully and then a rookie left tackle out there as well i think that that that's a lot to ask in week one
2: what a what does the nhl must have some sort of combine right Yes, but not, is it like the Ontario hockey league has their own but, thing? And then like, do they do it by league? They do it in Buffalo. Uh,
4: no, no, everybody comes in, they'll bring in the first rounders, the first two rounders, you'll put them on the bike and, and it, it, it is beneficial to the teams mostly just cause of the interviews. Cause everyone's there. Right. So, so the team's basically set it up in Buffalo. They'll do their interviews for the first two rounds worth of players. Um, they'll run through, but it, it, the forty score isn't going to up or down your draft, right? Like these kids, do you guys run the forty? No, they'll do the they'll do you mostly skate, biking. Skate the they'll do the skate the four. They'll do the skating agility, etc. But there's nothing like, uh, like I was in Dallas and I remember we would go to the gym, like the Michael Johnson gym. He's at the big gym, and we'd go out at like this time of year, and it was literally full of guys trying to break down their forty run, so they would get really slash a millisecond off, and that would put their stock up like five rounds, huh. right? Like that's literally what they're up to right now is trying to build their 40 since college ended is every step being that that millisecond faster. So it's not – there's a combine, but it's it's basically, I think, for the, the teams just to get together and hang out and have dinners together.
2: How fast do you think you could run a 40,
4: Bego?
3: Right now? Yeah. I don't even want to say.
2: How fast do you think you could run a 40? Five? Could you break Five? Five slow, isn't it? Right five like, was like Brady. Brady ran like a, a five. player. Yeah,
3: okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's still like at the combine. He's still going into the draft. You're talking to people in their I'm 30s to, I'm and 40s. To,
2: I'm talking to a professional athlete. I'm wondering, you know, how uh, five
4: uh, a, million, five and a half, So if six. I just like put running sneakers on right now, yeah, definitely.
3: You're sleep deprived right now. Definitely
4: five and a half.
3: Okay, oh, but half. if you
4: gave me like a month, definitely five. Like I feel Some like training. I am I'm old. I'm getting older though. I, I forget that, but definitely five.
1: Trent if Brown. I trained for a month. Do you know what Trent Brown's forty yard dash time was? <laughs> what? Whatever
2: it is, I can beat that. What is it? Five point two nine seconds. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That, I
4: can do it. Like that .29 is like a big deal, right? Like that, and that's, that's what more, they were training for. That's what they're training for is to get under that .29. Like there's some dude who ran a five two um, a year ago, and he's literally spent every day of his last existence, yeah. getting under five.
2: No, his name is Tyquan Thornton. That's how yeah. he became a
4: second-round pick. Hey,
2: there you go. That That's a perfect example. And it did not work out. Uh, Joe yeah. is in Randolph. Go ahead, Joe.
0: Yeah, hi. Hey, my neighbor's pit bull chasing you. You would giddy up
3: in <laughs> under five, I'll tell you that. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I think I got a little bit of deja vu here. Um, you're going to pick a quarterback in the first round. You get no receivers. You've got no O-line. Looks like we're going to have a replay of Mac Jones all
1: over again.
3: Save me. Save yeah, me. So, look, I,
2: <laughs> I don't quite think that's what it is. Hey. Like, if you want to tell me it's a replay of Trey Lance all over again, well, then fine, maybe it is. And I would counter and say, well, maybe it's Tua or maybe it's Herbert. Or, you know, maybe it's, uh, was Deshaun Watson the third quarterback in his class? I think he was, you know, and uh, forget about where things ultimately went with Watson. Like, that's a guy who could play for a while in the league. And so, Mac Jones is the fifth quarterback in his class. And Mac Jones, at this point in time at the Combine, wasn't even a projected first-round pick necessarily. Like, he wasn't a lock as a first-round pick. He's a guy who flew up the board late and maybe was overdrafted, to your point, Mego But, like... If you want to tell me it's Trey Lance or some cautionary tale like that, I'll hear you out. This is not this is not Mac. Mac was the fifth quarterback taken and he went 15. That's not comparable to pick 3, I don't think.
3: So I think what more what he was saying there was that it's a situation where your roster is so just completely bare the way that it was the year i mean it was a better roster the year that they were taking mac jones i think on offense yeah for sure than it is this year so i understand the comparison and you're expected to go into free agency spend all this money to get these turnkey players that you're going to overpay for to bring in and then work magic in the draft like i understand but what are your other options Is your other option that you're going to trade down and stockpile a bunch of assets and work this over the next three years and then boom, like Teron Mayo and Wolfie are out of a job or something? Like, if I'm these guys who are running the team, I'd rather take a big swing than honestly try to play it safe and be somewhere in the middle for the next three years while the rest of the division continues to pass me by.
4: Feels like they can't play it safe. Like, with it feels like, of course, Belichick could always play it safe. He could do whatever he wanted. It
2: feels like this group
4: won't these be able to play it safe. These are guys who are out safe. to
3: prove themselves. Well, most of them have, have one never chance. done it before. And
2: like, think of uh, you know, to bring it back to the Bruins for a minute. Think of Sweeney's first draft. Right, like he felt the pressure. I think to go up and take a big swing, and he was trying to do it. He had all these picks consecutively after trading away Lucic, and. You know, he tried to make a big move and that followed him for a while. It still does somehow. I mean, well, his drafting, I I do think that's fair, but I think when it comes to, you know, some of his trades and his trade deadlines, I do think he gets a benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. Maybe the draft picks is more fair, but like that's how we framed him for a while, and I think that's what Wolf and Mayo may be afraid of. That's human nature, and I get it. I just think that's a bad way to to go about running your team. I agreed. And and it seems as the
4: like if they they have a lot of, and the, the big thing is our free agents coming. Like there's so many questions around that too, right? Like you have to have your free agent board in place before you do this draft as well. And now there's a hundred, what, $500 million, whatever. Yeah. It's irrelevant what the salary cap is in the NFL, who you can go and get. And do you need a quarterback to sell on those free agents rather than the tackle? I, that's got to be a big pressing button for this team as well and who they draft is going to lead into free agencies coming
2: here. No, for sure. And so let's hear a little more from Elliot Wolf here because I thought he had a couple of interesting answers on the quarterbacks in this year's class. Let me hear Wolf too, if I could.
1: I think it's a really good year for quarterbacks. Um, it's a really good year at a lot of positions. Uh, like any position, we're gonna we're gonna evaluate their strengths and weaknesses, determine who fits for us. We're pretty early in the process here. Like I haven't met any of these guys. Gerard hasn't met any of these guys. So you know, as we continue through the process here, we'll we'll determine. Um, what's best for the team and you know one thing uh, about the quarterbacks in this draft specifically that that i'm excited about is they they all look like they're really tough guys which you know is obviously great at any position but the quarterback position especially
2: okay so a bunch
3: of tough guys well put a pin yeah. in that
2: because number one we heard this from alex van pelt number two that might be a shit remember when he went through all his traits on what he wants on a quarterback he's like i want him to be tough more than anything and it's like oh great they're going to be running the football they're not going to be throwing the football. It's you not. want to get faster? You better get fast, guys. It's not going to be a modern <laughs> offense. And so Van Pelt said that, so it caught my ear. It also sounds like he's taking a bit of a shot at a former Patriots quarterback still on the roster, mm-hmm. Mac Jones. But if you thought that was a shot, wait to hear where this one goes. Uh, let yeah. me hear Wolf Hello. uh exchange number 3 if I could.
1: First of all, being a being someone that can elevate his teammates, someone that your teammates want to play for. I think that's an extremely underrated thing that people don't really talk about that much. Um, Leadership is important, and obviously, you know, physical talent. We wouldn't be talking about these guys if they weren't physically talented.
2: Okay, uh, he went on to say uh, later on that you know, they body language is very important with these quarterbacks as well. And to me, that's a direct shot at Mac Jones. I, I would imagine, like, a quarterback is like a goalie in this way too. Like, we talk about the centerpiece of the the the, the team and how you're building them. I'd imagine that. When you're coached up, the the body language for a goaltender is very important because the whole team's going to see it, the whole the whole building's going to see it, the opposing team is going to see it, your teammates are going to see it. I imagine that's the same way with these quarterbacks. And that that felt like a shot at Mac. It oh, did. it was
4: a shot. It was because that was the narrative around Mac Jones yeah. for two years: his yeah. body language and pouting and etc. So a direct shot, and it, it plays a huge factor. Teammates do not appreciate being shown up. Teammates do not appreciate a guy who makes it about themselves. And typically, that's what body language is doing. It's a way to express that it's not my fault. That That's essentially what body, bad body language is and does to a goaltender or a quarterback. It's, it's their way of showing everyone why I had my guy or, or someone else needed to do something better. And uh, players see it, hate it, teammates hate it. And it, it goes, you would rather, you're better off calling someone out. Do you get respect by calling out? It's the passive aggressive body language that you get zero respect for. What
3: What? if it's your coach?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That
2: is true. You get that sometimes from the coaches. What? I mean, he could have been taking a shot at Caleb Williams for all we know. But
3: you mean weeping? Like if your quarterback is weeping on mommy, that's a bad look. Yeah,
2: I think that's a bad look. I thought that too.
4: And I heard that. I'm like the of all like that's the guy that you're not picking
2: obviously at what level at what level are we skating over and crying on mommy and hockey is that mites Is that, what's below, what's below, what's below uh, depends lights? Depends on the moms, but it, it <laughs> would depends. certainly
3: stop by novice. <laughs> depends <laughs> it, on the prep school? Depends yeah, on the moms. Yeah, certainly
4: no, depends on the, yeah. It's a good way
2: of putting d- it. Depends on uh, your zip code. <laughs> maybe. All right, we'll be getting to your phone calls here. 617-779-7937. Our big question of the day remains up. At Jones and Meggo, Uh it sounds like certainly the Patriots are leaning towards a quarterback at pick number three. How do you feel about it? Uh Does it depend on the quarterback for you? Do you love it? Like Mego and I? Do you hate it like Razor? Uh, you can call him up on that. You can call him up on the Bruins as well. We'll take all your B's thoughts because they continue to lose in overtime and shootouts, and they continue to come back to the pack. Uh, how do we feel about the Bruins and their struggles? Why are they struggling so much right now? We'll get that answer from Razor with your phone calls next. I
4: are to talk about the two goalies. I don't think it
0: matters who comes first. Trust me, have- it matters. Jones and Mego, it
2: matters. We talked about it in between the second, about being aggressive um, offensively so that we could, you know, we want to have a uh, killer instinct, also extend leads. So is you it know? lack of focus? Is it... Uh... all trying to send that puck all the way down and a mistake there on the goalie handle. No, I don't Stumpiness. think it's, I don't know. Sometimes when you're in that situation and things don't go well. That's one each way. On Goalie borders on this trip. You wait for things to happen instead of making things happen. I think we're waiting for things to happen. We don't have the right attitude to start thirds with the lead. The Bruins finish with a shootout loss. Another blown third period lead. Another shootout loss last night for the Bruins. Means another late night for Andrew Raycroft. Joining us here on Jones and Mega without Arkan. on goalie boners on this trip.
3: Jones and Mega I'm glad Mega we have a
4: goaltender
2: reason. in here so we can explain that, exactly what a goalie was boner is. Last night. <laughs>
4: that that made me giggle at midnight last night. I can only imagine. <laughs> That's a good time for it. A good time yeah, it for was. it. Uh,
2: so plain and simple, what's what's going on with the hockey team right now? Because. You know, high-class problems. They're still tied for the NHL lead in points. They're still getting points most of these nights. They just beat the crap out of Vancouver at home a week or so ago, whenever that was. So it's a high-class problem, but they're not playing well. So what's going on with the team?
4: I think that's great color. And when we heard it from Montgomery, we heard it from the players the last day or two. Uh, Again, a lot of it was at night, so I don't know if everyone really tuned in and listened, but... He, he's very honest, the group's very honest that they haven't been happy with this, and, and the lead problem, and, and you just heard it from Montgomery, not being ready for third periods, not having the right mindset, uh, is wearing on them, and, and they are frustrated, and what they've talked about is is spot on from my point of view. It's, it's the application of it now. Um, it's actually going out and doing it. Now, the league's really hard, too, Okay, right? Like, the, the league is really difficult, and we're at game 60. But they used to be able to protect leads. Like, this is a team no, that used to protect sh- leads, and now they're not. It was their M.O., and now it isn't. You're right, and, and and you can go in every facet, whether it's the one extra save from the goaltender, the defense, the forwards not coming back, the power play not scoring. All of these things are contributing, it's kind of turned into this perfect storm. Um, again, just going back quickly, though, to to, to February. It's February. It's not... April 10th where this can't be turned around or this might be something that bleeds into playoffs the Seattle Kraken the Calgary Flames the teams that are playing are absolutely fighting for their lives before the trade deadline like the Seattle Kraken needed to get two points more than anything else last night because if they don't they're probably sellers and guys are leaving and guys are picking up fans like it's that it's that point in the season in the NHL where that's what the bruins are playing not an excuse just a little bit of context with where they are compared to some of these other teams in the NHL back to the the, the blowing of the leads it does happen more in the NHL nowadays um especially if your special teams haven't been good and that's really the root of this problem i think on it, other than six on five, six on five separate. So the blowing of the leads and the six on five stuff is two separate silos. For me, the blowing of the leads, their special teams have dropped to 10th and both 10th power penalty kill and power play 10th two months ago, penalty kill was first power plays Third last season, first, first season before that first third, that, I can't remember when the Boston's penalty kill hasn't been in the top 10, at least like since I've been following this team and really analyzing and being on TV and that's five years and that's different coaches, right? I mean, that's, that's like, that's like an overarching thing for the Bruins Correct. for a time. It's yeah. just been natural. Doesn't matter who's the coach has been. Um, I guess it's matter. Maybe Patrice Bergeron, not there. That's the one thing that's different this season, but even that the start of the year, they were, they were managing that without him and, and they were top of the league when you've gone to nine games in a row in overtime and your penalty killer, your special teams aren't great. That's the difference. It's literally a goal every night. And and that's pretty easy to find in a national hockey league game these days. And I think you're finding that whether it's the PK or the power play from the Bruins not coming through is causing this to happen. And they're surviving on their good five on five play and allowing them to get the point, but they're not, excelling because it's a special teams league and they're not excelling in special
3: teams so something that you referenced a couple minutes ago and then i heard you say on post game last night was about these teams that they're playing like the kraken who are in calgary who are playing kind of in a desperation mode and they're still tied for bruins are tied for most points in the league so i mean is this them i don't want to say like sitting back a little bit but you hear them talk about the mindset and the attitude yeah. how much of that is human nature and how much of it is hey we went all out during the regular season last season and then we got blo- we got you know sent out in the first round and so we're taking a different approach this year
4: yeah I think it's both you hum- a little human nature I, I found myself kind of in, while I'm watching and while I'm thinking about this team and, and it might sound that I'm a little, um, I just put it to the side is that does it really matter until April for this group? Like, does it really matter what's going on right now? And of course it does. Cause we have to talk about it on a day-to-day basis, but after what happened last season, there has to be something in these players' minds a little bit where how does any of this matter as long as we win four games the f- second week of April? Or if we lose the four games, does it matter right now? I think that's part of the human nature. With But is,
3: this. That, is that like a dangerous mode for it them to be. go into? It can even be. Even though I think, it's February? Yeah,
4: yeah. I think that's where you hear Montgomery saying we need this can't continue. Like we can't just flip this on and off and we can't allow human nature to take over on some of these things. We need desperation. That, that's the, that's the plea I hear from. And, and Montgomery's use that word desperation. I, they have to get to that level and you can take a, but it's, and you could take a bit of a pass, maybe even 10 days ago with this. But now that it's really set in, I think last night, this trip is kind of the kicker where they get back and enough's enough with these leads in this third period stuff, because it has to be more desperate. You have to recognize something's wrong, and you have to be desperate to move out of
2: it. Real quick, before we get to some of these phone calls, because there's a lot of you waiting patiently. With all your Bruins questions and everything else uh, for Razor here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. I'm sorry, without Arkan uh, all week. Razor in. Um, is Poster not going to shoot out? Does that bother you at all? Because he had one He had one goal last night. The first goal on the, the, the breakout pass from Shattenkirk, I think it was, was... Almost exactly like what he does in a shootout, right? Like it's so nonchalant. A is <laughs> kind of rifles it up there, and he does the same thing in a shootout. I know that started to frustrate a lot of Bruins fans. Does that yeah. bother you? Because he got he got stuff to get in the shootout last night. He he did, and
4: the it's amazing, right? Because of the I, last night was a perfect example of how different a game in a shootout is, and and what a different skill it is because. It, it was the same person, same goalie, same everything at a high, high level. And it looks different, right? Like the way the shootout looks compared to his nonchalant in a, in a panel, in a, penalty, in a, a game situation, a yeah. breakaway situation is so different. And the nonchalant in a breakaway is there's only two guys that can do that in the world. And that's what makes it so difficult because it was so easy. It makes it, he just flips it over. He scores every time in a game. And then in a shootout, a lot of guys have that speed, and, and that's where the goalie can kind of match up. It's all about speed. You see in the, the breakaway last night, Grubauer's back on the line. He gives up the whole net because he's not used to gapping and, and keeping his depth and matching the speed of a player that's going so slow in a game. It just doesn't happen. And and in a shootout, a lot it does happen more, and he was able to, to hold that gap. I would have... I, listen, I'm not going to criticize the guy. He's one of two guys that can score 60 goals in the league. That's kind of where it starts and ends like it's like the like we could go to another sport and like the best player you kind of have to deal with some of the things that they do at times the bad turnover from a quarterback or Lamar like you just have to sometimes deal with some of that but I would love if I had them and I could give them advice I would say crank it up in a shootout be the opposite skate as fast as you can shoot it as hard as you can and see what happens but He's more of a genius than, than most, so you, you you have to kind of deal with it. I, I, I don't know if that's the right answer, but he's really hard to play against. Goalies are scared of him, even in a shootout. Even though it doesn't look like it, I promise you Grubauer didn't really feel comfortable with him coming in last night. Okay. Uh, so if you, if you can give if you can give them some advice, that's your advice, or posture. I, I would like, like to see that. I, just because it's different, yeah. Because yeah. the other thing too is, yeah, it's
2: like it's from your perspective as a as a former. No, player. and, and yeah. the issue
4: that these guys have right now too is they've gone to so many shootouts, the books out. Yeah, you're running like, out of. Ropes. I know what Mac. Last night, McAvoy did that two, three games ago. I would have bet my house that he was going to come in hard down the right side, go to his backhand (laughs) and try and make that move. It worked a week ago. And I also guarantee you, I bet even more than my house that Grubauer has watched all of that video. Like I watched all of the videos of guys that did shootouts two weeks prior every game before every single game. We watch video on what guys were doing, what their tenant Charlie Coyle always. That's his move. He went forehand. He's done it so much. Because they've had to go to so many shootouts that the books out on these guys, they really have to change it up in a big way because they've gone to so many shootouts. If you only went to one in the last month and a half, right. it's harder for the goalies. They it, it, it won't look the same. But when you've gone to one every other day for two weeks, the goalie sees all the different looks, how you skate, how you pick up the puck almost as a tell. For these goaltenders, it's like it's some, like playing the hits.
3: Well, some guys they only have one move, and they think it's like a showstopper. That's
4: right. That is You're never true. good. And when you see it coming,
3: show a little variety when here. I, when you see it <laughs> coming
2: seven weeks in a row, yeah. it's like switch it
3: up. Okay. I'm saying it's yeah. like it's
4: change up
2: <laughs> the speed. It's like playing the hits on sports talk radio. You know, at uh, at some point they, they hear the takes uh, often enough. You gotta you need a little more variety. Right. I hear I hear you. 7937 nine seven ninety three seven. There's a lot of people waiting patiently with their Bruins questions for Andrew Raycroft. He's here for another 15 minutes, so stick around on that. We still have our big question at two. Up now on Jones and Mego. Sounds like the Patriots are going quarterback at three. How do you feel about it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Or does it depend on the quarterback? We'll get you more Elliot Wolf sound coming up as well. Plus, there was a trade idea from one brilliant mind a year ago that offended an entire nation. Uh, it seems to be picking up some steam. Let's get to it with Razor next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.